Welcome to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. What happens when we die? What is death? Does it even exist? Hey there, and welcome to the 537th edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I am Ben, and those ultimate questions and terminal questions came from my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad. And this week we talk about the ultimate question, death. (laughs) Wow, that just sounded much more foreboding than I meant it to be. (laughs) And we welcome your phone calls, so if you feel so inclined, the number is 401-766-1240, and from anywhere in the U.S. or Canada, 800-449-1240. Admir Serrano was a Brazilian-American researcher, writer, and speaker on paranormal phenomena. Based on his own out-of-the-body experiences and subsequent research, he focuses on the possibilities for what is commonly known as life after death. He writes and lectures on reincarnation, near-death experiences, out-of-the-body experiences, and deathbed visions. His new book is The End of Death, How Near-Death Experiences Prove the Afterlife. His website is admirserrano.com. I'll spell that, A-D-M-I-R-S-E-R-R-A-N-O.com. So, Admir Serrano, welcome to Behind the Paranormal. Thank you, um, um, Ben. Thank you, uh, Paul. It's a pleasure to be here and uh, spend this hour with you and your lovely audience or listeners. Well, you are most welcome to be here, and this is going to be a lovely and quick hour. So, we're going to kick this off with... um, with some uh, very deep questions, and <laughs> we don't we don't uh, throw any punches here. So the, we're going to start off with um, near death near death research. So the term uh, the neglected de- questions in near death research on your website drew our attention most, and we have questions about death that aren't only neglected. We don't really hear them being asked at all. So from where you sit, what are the most neglected questions? I think uh, um, this is what's happening in, in, in uh, near-death uh, experience research. Um, the, the, the people in the, the researchers uh, that's part of the, the camp that believes in the survival of the spirit or, or survival of bodily death, they already know that. They, you know, they have that feeling. The, the research shows them such. But they can't, I don't know, it's probably because they're too scientific or, or too constrained in the, in the feeling or in the belief that uh, since they're scientists, they cannot even mention the word spirit. So to them, they already know that that is a fact, that survival is a fact, they believe that. But uh, um, they don't go out and say it. So what I say, what is uh, one of the neglected questions is, if... Uh, survival of body death is a question, is a fact. What is it that survives body death, bodily death? So what part of us, what happens to consciousness when we, uh, uh, we leave the physical body at death or during near-death experience or during uh, out-of-body experience? So they already know one part, but they, don't, they can't go beyond that. And uh, we need to go beyond that uh, um, asking those questions, what it is, and go out and research or this uh, energy side or, or that we call spirit or soul that we all have. So it's a different, they need to take, like, a, a focus on, a, on, a, on another uh, subject, on another uh, um, important aspect of our of humanity that then survives bodily death. That's what they're neglecting, one of the, the things. Hmm. So how would we go about... Um Studying the uh, the energy portion. 
Yeah, I think that there, there's a lot of equipment out there. There's scientists, there's physicists, uh, especially like in, in, in the brain equipment. It's all out there, and there are a lot of people doing great uh, things in, in American universities and laboratories, even dream laboratories, sleep laboratories. They have equipment uh, to do that. I think that uh, there's. I think we have the means. We just need to to go and uh, establish like uh, a line of uh, inquiry. Align our research and, and, and study that equipment we have, and also we have great minds out there that can do that. So, could it be that um, specialization is what's really, really holding us back from uh, coming to answers to these questions? Because I mean, it's it's uh, physicists study um, the relationships between material, ma- like materials, like material objects, or um, it depends what area of physics, and then you have. Uh, all sorts of different psychological areas, but they all seem to be veered towards their specific areas. So should there be a specific area of study, like someone really, really looks only at this sort of energized portion of the human body, or does that already exist? No, that that is uh, something that should be done like that. It does not exist today as existed before. For instance, uh, uh, Ryan Research Center, which was part of Duke University, and now it's just an independent Ryan Research Center in Durham, Carolina. In the 70s, they did wonderful work with out-of-body experiencers like uh, Lingo Swan, uh, Keith Harari, and, and they did some very controlled experiments using animals. And uh, so the, the projector, the person who uh, could leave the body at will, would be assigned uh, a specific task. And so, and, and like to, they're, they're instructed to leave their body and go and play with kittens, for instance, or play with the snake. So they had that done. And then there's some, uh, uh, like some scientists, some researchers monitoring the, the subject or the person who's going to be out of, out of the body. And then there's another set of, uh, of scientists with equipment and stuff, uh, monitoring then the target. Uh, be it a kitten, be it a, a, a room with uh, with psychic feedings in that room, or a snake cage, things like that. That was done in the 70s. Yeah, I, I remember that. Uh, I was monitoring that. Yeah. You were? Yeah, I wasn't there, but I was monitoring it. Um, wow, wonderful. Okay, uh, Edmir, let me, um, l- l- let's back up a lot, okay? Uh, one of our issues, well, the motto of our show is everything that you know is wrong, Okay. And yeah, um, yeah. I think we might be asking the wrong questions. One of the questions I ask that I think is neglected, okay, when, when someone asks, and everyone does, what is, what is the outcome of death, what happens after you die, is another question, and that's um, where were you before you were conceived? Have you that's thought right, about that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, well, I truly believe in reincarnation, uh, as, as you mentioned in, in the beginning. So the, the, the soul, what we are, this, this conscious part of us is immaterial and it is immortal and survived and it, it pre-existed or it pre-existed uh, physical life and then we are incarnated into a physical body and when the physical body dies then we are uh, without this uh, the burden of the physical body we are free again and uh, as is you know if you if you study the uh, history of the earth and how everything started four billion years ago with all simple single-celled uh, bacteria, 
there's, you know, that was the highest state of consciousness in the beginning. And you see what we are today with, uh, with, you know, humanity and consciousness and all the development of intelligence. You can see that uh, some this, uh, um, uh, some non-physical part or call it consciousness, I call it spirit, has evolved. And uh, from, from a simple point, from a simple rudimentary uh, 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 energy uh, uh, source, that can gain experience, contain experience, and become even self-conscious, just like happened to humanity. Do you understand what I mean? Oh, I understand, and, and you've, you've given a, a very good explanation of the, of the uh, modern mindset on these things. We just feel that terms like spirit, soul, need to be clearly defined, if you can define them. Because you may be speaking out of one framework, and I may hear you out of another framework. See, I don't think these terms are good enough. Let me just explain a little bit and get your thoughts on this. Um, at least from our point of view, and we're voices crying in the wilderness, I suppose. And there aren't really too many people who take this point of view. Um, in the paranormal in general, and death research in particular, we're always frustrated by the fact that the most common questions about death are based on assumptions that almost everyone makes and that might not be true. That, that's what I'm getting at. For example, uh, to talk about death at all, at least in modern terms, such as we've been discussing here, you have to assume that this life in this human body is all there is to us, okay? That we are islands unto ourselves. The question, therefore, seems to be, Admir, do we remain Admir or Paul or Ben after this? Or yeah, we, our body passes away, uh, and the, the desire seems to be that we remain who we appear to be, not only after we die, but forever. What say yes, you? Yes, that's right. That, you that, believe that? that. that we, yeah, truly, truly, because this is an identity that we have, an identity that we built throughout ages of our consciousness evolution. So, and you see today in, in mediumship, for instance, or children who remember past lives, for instance, and uh, in Brazil, my, my home country, Sonia Rinaldi is doing a wonderful job uh, on, uh, on uh, um, uh, transcommunication, electronic transcommunication, capturing voices, capturing name of the person, and they have scientists going after and, and uh, going and looking to that person, identify who the person was, the person gives the name, and analyzing the voice of the person uh, at that moment. So we have a lot of uh, already information out there that, that uh, they're claimed to be anecdotal, but they're not anecdotal. They're, they're, there's a lot of evidence out there. We just need to then take that seriously and take that as a possibility instead of just uh, you know, throw, throw it away and, and as hogwash. Oh no, no, I, I respect that, and and I, yeah. uh, you know, and I'm somewhat familiar with with her work, but again, more questions arise. Uh, if you're have, if you're recording voices, how can you have voices with no vocal cords? In order to record, you have to have a vibration. Am I am I not correct, Ben? You're a sound. No, you're 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 right. You the whole the whole point of of us making sounds is disturbing airwaves. And that's how we talk. <laughs> so the whole yeah, question of you know EVPs, environment, uh, environmental, well, yeah, right, uh, uh -huh. electronic voice phenomena. Um, yeah. These are all questions. I mean, we we seem to be taking things at face value, and I don't think I think that is not only wrong; it can be dangerous. So that's why mm -hmm. we bring up these what we feel are neglected questions. So what, what where, where are we going wrong here? Yeah, no, no. 
well, you need we need a question, obviously. But when they do like uh, uh, research on 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 um, on PK, for instance, or, or on clairvoyance yeah, uh, yeah. that they're doing, so, uh, all that, for instance, they're doing already research and they are putting the subject or subjects in fairway uh, the Faraday cages. So it's you know there's no way that the the, the place is inviolable. No, nothing penetrates that. Because it's you know it's it, uh, the cage is completely sealed and not even energy gets in there from the outside you know well, so and they have does. people in and they have people there and they when they do the the tests for instance that's the uh, uh, thought transmission for instance and the other subject pick, uh, picks that up so something is happening there oh, sure. so there is some some sort of communication without the presence or of uh, airwaves. For instance, we have psychic healing. People, you know, they, this is being done big time. When when people just transmit, you know, they think they concentrate on a person that needs healing, and it is it is a fact. It is a measurable fact that that person receiving those thoughts get better indeed, even not knowing that that person is receiving that thought. So there is some kind of uh, means, some kind of uh, that that uh, facilitates this. Uh, thought transmission, other than the air, because we, since we are, we all we know right now is physical, so we associate uh, with everything that we do. The need of having that physical element there, without which, it now, you know, it would be impossible. Well, we're not, we're not saying that it's that oh well, the spiritual doesn't matter. Uh, I, if I may speak for my father here, we're not saying that. Well, I mean, everything needs to be physical. We're saying there needs to be a balance between the two. When it comes to these sorts of studies, it's either A, extremely materialistic, or B, forget about matter. It's all about spirit, and you can blame Rene Descartes for this with the whole idea of dualism, which ruined philosophy for 500 years, and that's why we think of this way, matter, bad, spirit, good, when really there should be a balance between the two. That's really all we're expounding here. No, definitely, because, you know, physicality or, or physical uh, matter is a fact. And it's about, the thing is that it is a, a type of energy. It's a condensed type of energy. But it is energy because, you know, when you, you take everything apart down to, to atomic level, it's all, you know, the same units that compose that. It's only the the... the, the 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 end of the the, the shape or, or the thing that is concentrated matter, but it, at, when we go down to the atomic level, it's just it's the same energy, same mm -hmm. atomic thing, and the spirit uh, we uh, we say uh, is then this non-physical intelligent uh, 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 type of matter that in this case of a human being composes of a human being or in, in the case of an animal it composes the animal so it's that subtle uh, uh, energy part portion that is immortal or there is this that survives physical death that we're talking about uh, as uh, our our true essence and and the term soul or spirit is just you know a, a term that was designated in order to to give some kind of uh, validity or to communicate about that fact, so it had to have a name. Yeah, so no, name, I understand. So yeah, one of the names. Yeah, what and we see now scientists using that uh, as consciousness. So science does not mention 
uh, uh, spirit or soul, but mentioned that consciousness sure. is something. So, well, one one of the things I mean again to go to keep it on a deep level here, the um, everything that we're describing, you have to believe in the island theory as we've been talking about lately. And I'll tell you why I don't really believe in that, that I think it goes deeper. And everything you say is true, but I don't know if it's being interpreted properly. But again, we're minorities in this. Um, when I first started in this in the early 70s, uh, I, was, I saw a lot of things that didn't make sense, in, uh, particularly it was ghost research, really, what I, that, that I was doing. There were an awful lot of physical manifestations of what are supposed to be spirits, there were evidence that they were sort of going about their day and not noticing us as if they were not dead at all. Uh, there were the ghosts, the people thought were ghosts of the same people appearing in different places at the same time. I mean, what is that? There were ghosts of people who had not died yet. There were all sorts of things that indicated to me that we're dealing maybe more with simultaneous parallel worlds than we are with death and in that kind of world you can't have death at all because you're always alive somewhere or somewhere that's right yeah. and quantum yeah, yeah. mechanics gets into that now whether that we're interpreting it properly but that's what i've seen in the trenches for 44 years yeah and I, right. so and the whole spirit thing just doesn't do it for me yeah so so there might be like the ghost like you said you know uh uh the appearance uh because yeah, why the are they in clothes? Why are they driving cars? I mean, what's that? <laughs> well, the spirit driving cars? Oh, yeah, there have been a number of cases in which uh, yeah. there have been, you know, phantom motor vehicles, phantom buildings. That's right, yeah. So it's, uh, what's what, that we learned from, what we learned from, from uh, in the astral world, the, 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 the term the astral world, as you have uh, heard, it's like a replica, or, or the physical life here on Earth is a replica of this astral part, with, which is the closest part to uh, or that resembles uh, physical life. And there you can find, you know, all those things. You can find phantom cars, phantom planes, and, and the, the, you see that in the literature. Now, well, that, that the spiritualist literature, yeah. Because they don't yeah, know any yeah, other yeah. way to explain it. They didn't know about quantum. They never studied in that, physics class. I don't know. That, yeah, yeah, no, that's right. There's a lot of things that we we don't understand. By location, for instance, a spirit or the spirit of a person, even even if the person is alive, uh, appearing somewhere else. We see that. We saw in the in the in the Vatican, Padre Pio of Italy. Yeah, I'm just thinking about uh, that. Yeah, yeah we, there's many many of those things that you know verifiable information. Uh, so it, it's out there. So how you know? How, are we all hallucinating? It's, it's you know humanity. It's a, a mass hallucination about these people communicating after that, for instance, after this that communication, and that the, the person, the deceased, comes and tell uh, uh, tells the, the the loved ones where they uh, hid something or something a document that they're looking for is located without them knowing. So how does can that be? So there's a lot of things out there that we under, don't understand exactly how it happened that uh, we, we, we could, which, you know, maybe that was a part of research, paranormal uh, research that should be done in those uh, uh, subject areas. Well, if we ask the right questions, yeah. Um, and don't That's right, us. yeah. But Nikki, yeah, let, let, let's take a breath from, from uh, cosmic philosophy here for a minute and tell us about your own 
uh, experiences. I understand you've had, you've had, have you had, you've had a near-death experience and a number of uh, out-of-the-body experiences as well. No, uh, not a near-death experience. I was, I have been, I was near death, but that was a long time ago. Okay. I don't remember. I don't remember uh, what happened. Uh, but my own experience, and that's why I say when I when I say yeah, um, um, that uh, near-death experience proves the afterlife, and then the people ask me, so why uh, why do you say that proves? How do you know that proves the afterlife? So out-of-body experiences, uh, near-death experience is a type of out-of-body experience that is caused by a drastic uh, trauma suffered to the body, be a heart attack or, or an accident or something. Uh, but it is an out-of-body experience. Out-of-body experience that we call astral projection, that's also a term that is used, is the experience that a lot of people have consciously, I say that everybody has, but not everybody is conscious of it, that you can experience while your, your body is healthy. And that helps, that happens mainly when we are asleep because the body is very relaxed. So it's the experience. You, you, all of a sudden, you see yourself out of your, your physical body. You look around and you see your body laying in bed, but you, you know, you're curious, you think, uh, you question what is happening, you know, and you know your name, you can know your name, and uh, all those things. So I have that experience quite frequently. Mm-hmm. And uh, I do like our own. There's a way that we can do our own research and know, you know, for ourselves and by ourselves, uh, verify our the existence of something in us that is independent of the physical body. So that happens to me, and that is something that is very common now. And uh, that for me, that's that's proof enough. I don't need any PhD and scientist saying that we do survive or we do not survive because my experiences are, are greater, more eloquent than anything that's out there. Oh, I respect that, yeah. Um, wh- I, I occasionally have what, and I was, I was talking to Ben uh, the other day about one that I had, and maybe it's just because I'm getting old or I'm bonkers or something, but I have th- th- these things that are they're not dreams because I'm not asleep. They're consciousness shifts, I, I call them. Uh-huh. You know? yeah. uh, I-, I believe these are parallel lives. Because past and future don't exist as we experience them. It's that's been pretty much proven by physics. So, you know, how do you have reincarnation if there is no past? I think it's more uh, personally. I think it's more parallel lives. But how would you uh, consciousness shift? Uh, you are someone else or or yourself in another world, really, uh, going about mundane tasks or doing this or that. Uh, sometimes you learn from that because these worlds, I believe, interact. They're not separate okay. from another. Uh, and that sort of thing. How how would you compare that, if you've experienced it or not, with uh, a garden variety out of the body experience? Is it the same thing? I didn't feel I didn't feel like I left anything. I was just yeah, aware you, of just you, yeah, consciousness shift, but you you didn't feel you left anything or no. you were still there. But somehow you you were able to project some part of your consciousness or open up some kind of uh, of a consciousness channel that you were able to experience that. Like a parallel life, and we all there. We have uh, we we can catch ourselves uh, quite often doing something and that is not here. It's not at that moment. Even uh, as you're doing some kind of task here, and all of a sudden you wake up to what was happening. So the parallel lives is a very interesting concept, 
And uh, when this focus that, that like, what happened to you or, or what happens during an out-of-body experience that you go to these places that, that are mostly non-physical or a place that maybe could be physical but not the place that you come. Could be what you're saying, parallel world. And that's what, the, what we call the spirit world or the afterlife. It's just that, you know, and, and everything is, is still happening. Uh, at that same time, you know, even even having lived other lives, you know, it's it's all there. It's like a, this huge uh, present. It, you know, it's something that is and that defies time. For instance, as you know, as we understand linear time. So yeah, there's a lot of uh, thing out there that uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, field for research there if we take the time. Oh, certainly. Uh, well, I, you know, I've always felt that it's really all us. It's all part of us. And when the, uh, you know, the, the whole thing about reincarnation, that that's uh, another issue too. But the uh, the notion of time, uh, whether reincarnation is linear as as most people believe, or whether it's parallel lives, you're just remembering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, my question for those who who interpret it in the classical sense, linear, is if reincarnation is true why are there and this comes from from all the ghost research we've done how many why are there so many old ghosts <laughs> if um as i say sometimes we find the same uh-huh. people so quote unquote haunting different places at the same you know it, yeah. there are all sorts of again neglected questions but how is um if, if reincarnation is true from the classical sense why are there so many ghosts in the classical sense yeah because the, the ghosts they're there they many of them i think you mentioned that earlier and uh, that happens in our mediumship research, in my, in my research also. They, don't, they might not even know that they're dead. Maybe they think they're no, still because living they're because... Yeah, it's skeptic. You get a skeptic, for instance. Well, I'm, not, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a skeptic for, for a lot of the old ideas, but a lot of them are skeptical yeah, about, about our ideas. But, you know, the thing is, we yeah, don't really we, know anything for sure, and that's the whole point. That's why it's fun to talk about it. Oh, yeah, Admir, we're going to yeah. take a break here. We'll be uh, right back with uh, our guest, Admir Serrano, on WON 1240 uh, in New England's beautiful Blackstone River Valley. And you will continue to hear the uh, wonders of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Penino for the next half hour. So stick with us. We'll be right back. Get down to brass tacks at home with me, Bob Vila, and my tip of the day every day right here. The Bob Vila Home Improvement Tip of the Day is brought to you by DNS Painters of OneSocket. Give Ron a call at 401-339-4625. For interior or exterior painting, you can't go wrong with the highly skilled painters of DNS Painting. 401-339-4625. Okay, and welcome back. And before we get back to our very interesting guest, I wanted to just remind you of uh, several of the charities Ben and I have adopted. Uh, they're veterans charities, mostly, although not entirely. One is usacares.org. You want to check that out. They do wonderful things financially for veterans who are short of of uh, cash and at difficult times in their lives and this sort of thing. Also, Canadian Veterans Advocacy for our friends to the north uh, who have been with us in Afghanistan since the beginning and uh, have recently ended the mission there, but uh, there's still a lot of veterans who are wounded and, and need advocacy, and uh, Mike Blaze up in Ontario has set up this organization to help do that. Great, great folks. Uh, also, Youth Mentoring Connection in uh, or YMC in Los Angeles. They do some amazing things for at-risk youth. Uh, YouthMentoring.org, and one of the things they do is to use ancient wisdom uh, and indigenous wisdom to help troubled youth, and they get amazing results. So check that out, YouthMentoring.org. So let's get back to our guest, 
And that uh, comment I just made really, uh, Admir, kind of leads us into the next question. Uh, Brazil, you're a Brazilian-American. Brazil is a center of, uh, of, of shaman activity, shamanic activity and knowledge. Uh, have you done much research with the shamans? Uh, no, no, I have not. I'm a spiritist, uh, and the spiritism is very big. I never would have known that. <laughs> <laughs> and the spiritism is a very, big, very big in Brazil, and yep. uh, I'm a follower of that philosophy. Mm-hmm. But I have not, I have not done any shamanic things because my, uh, you know, I think uh, uh, there's a lot of things there. You know, shamanic. You know, some use psychedelics and ayahuasca and those. Yeah. Things. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Graham yeah, Hancock can tell you all about it. Yeah, but I uh, um, um, I didn't get into that. Uh, I was going to mention, and that is uh, uh, one of the, the purposes that I write and that I give my lectures, is that the idea of survival of physical uh, death, bodily death, is very consoling to a lot of people. And it is very consoling to people who have lost a loved one. It's very consoling to a mother who lost a child. And because, you know, losing a child to physical death is a very painful, uh, probably the, the greatest emotional pain that a person can go through. Oh, I can imagine. And, can imagine. Yeah, and, and we see, and we see, uh, in the spiritism, people going, uh, looking into it after losing a loved one. So they go, uh, to, to seek this hope. Would, would it be possible? That my 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 son or my 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 daughter or my husband or my mother uh, is still living. Would it be possible? So that is something that that is um, very important uh, in our research, research, and that's why you know it's not we do need this uh, serious research that we have been uh, um, that I will be mentioning here. The neglect neglect the questions that you also have your ideas on yeah. and then to see and then see if we can really solidify this belief into something more realistic that could make this uh, hope of, uh, you know, our immortality even greater to, in order to console people who are suffering, you know, for the loss of a loved one. Well, a few more questions arise. Uh, well, actually three I'm thinking of. Uh, is, one is more of, a, of, a, of, a, of an observation. Uh, the civilizations that went before us, the cultures, uh, the so-called primitive peoples, they knew all this in one way or another. They didn't have to do research. You know, they, they hadn't lost the knowledge as we have, you know. And uh, th- that just sort of strikes me as ironic, uh, that, that they, they would look at us and say, you know, what, what's the matter with you dummies, you know. <laughs> you know, they knew about, about God and, and, and everything else, and it was, it was without question. Um, certainly, you know, research is good, but again, you kind of has to have to ask the, uh, I guess, the right questions. Uh, the other issues, of course, uh, are things that probably may not ever be resolved, and that's, uh, as I say, the notion of the physicality of these things, or having tangled with poltergeists, uh, which I believe are non-human entities. I don't think they're projections of anything. Uh, yes, non-human entities, uh, and they're, they're, we're not the only critters in the, if you pardon the term, the multiverse here. I mean, there are lots of uh, others out there, right. and a lot of them are not our friends. Hence the question, when you're dealing with a medium or when you're doing it yourself, how do you know what you're really talking to? I mean, as I always say, I, I don't believe half the people I meet in the course of a day, never mind some entity that comes through some kind of 
seance or something. I mean, how, how would you respond to that? I mean, how, how do you test to find out, you know, no matter how consoling it is, exactly. how, how do you find out whether it's really true or what tests do you use or do you? Yeah, well, um, no, we, we don't use tests. The mediumship that we, uh, that we work with are mostly also to help discarnate beings, and we do that through our, it's part of our spiritism uh, uh, work that we do once a week. But we had great mediums in Brazil. I'm, I'm pretty sure that you're familiar with uh, Xavier or Chico. Oh, yes, or yeah. They was a wonderful, you know, one of the greatest mediums that Brazil had. And uh, there's a lot of uh, episodes I think you've seen, like materializations, for instance, uh, of, of spirits or things like that. And uh, there were, you know, a lot of uh, uh, evidence, like pictures and things like that. Though, you know, we have, uh, uh, in the history of uh, spiritualism, <laughs> since uh, the, the phenomena of the Parker sister in Hydeville, uh we saw that tremendous thing that there was something that uh, showed that there was evidence, or there a lot of hoax, a lot of things happening. It's, it's really hard. You know, I think you, uh, it's like the quality of the medium and also the type of message that that entity is saying. If it makes sense, if there is like validity, uh, and, and the way the, the our mediumship uh, or science, the mediumship meetings are held are you know a little bit different. So it's really hard to say that that is proof, you, you know, or that's not the medium that's doing it. it that is one aspect of uh, paranormal research that we need uh, really to be careful. Well, yeah, I mean, I've seen since the beginning that, that uh, sometimes people are using mediums and, and things get worse. I mean, they, they're, yeah, that's right. how do you know they're not parasites or, or entities that are negative or non-human or that's right. whatever? It's a matter for great care, and uh, it seems to me it's best to keep away from it altogether if you can. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's normally what we advise. It's like uh, also the, the past life regression. To say who you to see who you were. Oh, you think people life. should stay away from that? Yeah, I think it should because well, that's uh, an interesting unless, point of view. Yeah, unless unless it's a trauma, and that is affecting that the the, the the life of that person. If it is a trauma, and then maybe there's signs that it's been something related to a past life, and then you have a. Um, uh, a, uh, a hypnotist or, or a therapist that is very well versed that knows his uh, trade, then it would be a possibility. But you know, if it's just out of curiosity, uh, it's not recommended because you can get things worse. And there's a case, for instance, of this woman who wanted to see who she was or what happened in her past life, and uh, she did go deep deep into one of her lives, and she saw herself being. Uh, abused, sexually abused by close family members, and she was so distressed afterwards that she ended up killing herself. So it's, oh it gosh. should have uh, should have left the sleeping sleeping dog die, right? Yes, yes. Mm. So yeah. you know, I I don't know how I never asked this or why it never popped into my mind till now. So people people go to past life regressors when they have traumas in their past lives. How does a trauma from the past affect somebody today? Oh yes, there are many, many phobias, for instance, in, in reincarnational research, and there's a lot of those things, like t night terrors, for instance. I had that, uh, my brother had that, um, uh, uh, a problem, and I even, I wrote an article somewhere in the night terror in, uh, on the website. If you Google it, night terror at Mir Serrano, 
There's and there's research on, into that. Uh, this trauma that a person has is normally when they're two or three years old and then up to six, seven. They at night, for instance, when they have a recurrent dream, something that there is a recurring uh, dream. Like my brother used to see this huge set of wheels that would uh, come uh, rolling towards him and then it would smash him. And then at that moment, he would uh, wake up screaming like crazy. And uh, we don't, we didn't, I don't have evidence that it was a, a problem with the past life. Uh, but this is like night terror is one example uh, um, that is a, a possibility. All the traumas, you know, like uh, there's uh, uh, mostly psychological phobias, for instance, those phobias that are uh, sort of uh, hinder the person's uh, normal life. So we had uh, uh, Roger Wooger, for instance, doing great, great job in, in, in regressing people who had those traumas and uh, identifying a place in the past, in a past life, where that person saw that thing happening, that trauma happening. And then once they, you know, they, they saw that belonged to another life that had nothing to do with this life because they had no cause, apparently, uh, uh, any pathological causes for that person to be suffering that no medication would would resolve it, and then when the person uh, then uh, identified that moment, saw herself or himself in that moment, there's this sort of catharsis in that uh, the disease was either cured, the phobia either cured or drastically ameliorated uh, better. So there's a lot of evidence that too. Yeah, that's a, a lot of cases like that. I remember uh, getting back a little bit to um, out-of-the-body experiences. Uh, I remember Scott Rogo, uh, who was a great researcher yeah. and author up until the 1980s, uh, told me that he had done an experiment with Keith Harari, whom you've also mentioned. And, yeah, he worked um, with Keith Harari. Yeah, right. That's right, and in yeah. uh, California. And Keith had uh, done uh, gone to sleep, and he saw... Scott was awake and saw Keith walking down the hallway in his house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Keith was yeah. at his own house far away oh, and, uh, you know, sort of an interesting uh, sort of ghost of somebody who's still alive sort of thing, you know. And, that's right. And, and, and that is something that that's uh, doppelganger, the, the, yes. the German call it. Yes. That's, that's a very Double. normal phenomenon. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Before we burn up the hour, and we, we're doing that very quickly, uh, I mean, tell us about your book and where people can get it and about your website. Yes, um, the book, uh, this is my, uh, The End of Death, How Near Death Experience Proves the Afterlife. It's my first book in English. Then I also wrote afterwards a companion that's called Out and About, How to Have Conscious Out-of-Body Experiences, because we all leave our physical body, we just need to be conscious. In my other books, I have three other books, but they're in Portuguese, so I started writing. In well, there, we have a lot of, there are a lot of Portuguese listeners in this area. Oh, that's great. Oh, yeah, yeah. In, uh, yeah, in, in the southern in, New England area, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yes, yes. There's a lot of Brazilians. And uh, my, my, my books are uh, so not, not popular, but within the spiritist community, which is huge in Brazil, in Brazil mm -hmm. and my work is popular. So, uh, and, and the, book is, uh, the books are available on Amazon, online, uh, Barnes & Noble's also okay. uh, at bookstores, major bookstores. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, that people can go and, and find out more and read it and about my work uh, on my website at mm -hmm. and uh, uh, there's a lot of you know I have a blog there I have all the things that I wrote about 
and uh, I can also be contacted through my website, and uh, people can also share their paranormal experiences and ask questions, so it's all there uh, open. Okay, and there is a link to AdmiralSerrano.com on our site, BehindTheParanormal.com, for this show. Uh, one, one of the things, uh, just to get back to our, our discussion, one of the things, Admir, that has always uh, sort of bothered me about spiritism or spiritualism is that it seems to negate the body. I've always had a problem with the idea that you can be you entirely without your body. Um, all memories, all you know, the imagination, even clothes, which is why I started going toward the, the parallel world thing rather than the death thing. So uh, well, how would you respond to that? First of all, what, why are... How could we be us without our bodies? Okay. Now, I, I don't think, uh, at least in my, uh, w what I learned, what I know of spiritism, and I'm one of the lecturers and teachers in spiritism, we don't negate the body. We, the body is very important. The physical body is something that is extremely important uh, because, you know, it's a, we use it as, as an instrument for our development uh, and, and to also to navigate in the physical uh, life, for instance, to interconnect and, and uh, with, with with physical things. But as, as you know, like uh, you can be like you know in your experience that you're talking about when you project yourself out of your consciousness. I mean, out of your body, being conscious. Sometimes you don't even know that your body exists, and then you're functioning. You are purely mental, and uh, we can exist uh, uh, out of outside. Uh, Outside of the physical body, and because we do have this uh, non-physical or less physical body, which we call a spirit body. And when you see ghosts, for instance, when when you see the appearance or apparition of a loved one who died, you see that person in a body. You, if you try to touch it, you're not going to grab anything because it's. Oh, a I don't know about that. I've had some pretty physical experiences but, with alleged spirits. Right. Yeah, but the person the person is there, and then plus there's their consciousness. In your death experience, for instance, one of the first things that the experiencer uh, notices is that that person has a body, and that they can think and function in that body, not to to interact with physical things, but but the person sees. And in my own body body experiences, that was not one or two or three times, many times, because it's part part of. Our, our, our practice, our self-research and out-of-body experience, when we notice that we're out of our physical body, the first thing that we do is to identify our body, to look at our hands, to look at our legs, feet, and everything. It's, it, we have the reality check that we do, and then we can ascertain that there is something there. And also the thinking process, processes, that we can think, we can hear, we can uh, memorize things, even when we are away of the physical body. Is there any evidence that animals have out-of-the-body experiences, as we described? Well, yeah. Uh, they don't have, like, uh, psychic uh, uh, mediums or uh, who have seen. Well, how do we know uh, that? Yeah, well, it's, it's there. I have never seen a body, you know, an animal uh, leaving its body because it's, you know, but it's since it's, we do believe in, in the spiritism and also if it's energy, that also all living things have some type of consciousness. And there's research done on bacteria, for instance, and testing 
uh, bacteria that look for food that protects itself from danger or finds different routes if the route that is, it is going is blocked. So there's signs that there are consciousness even in lower animals. So oh, sure. obviously if we, if we go up then the evolutionary scale to, to animals that are more higher developed, then we'd say that they have a higher type of consciousness. But this consciousness is also accompanied. Obviously, you have to have a, like a, a blueprint of the physical body that would be a non-physical body. Well, so I, I don't know. They, I, I don't necessarily. I don't agree with the um, current chart of evolution either. Because right? animals don't believe in the yeah. island theory, so they're probably smarter than we are. Anyway, um, there's, a, there's an interesting question here, and, and this has come up on the show, and uh, it attracted a lot of attention. The, the question of suicide, Admir. Um, one of your questions you suggested, does suicide solve our temporary problems? Obviously it doesn't, but what's your take on that? No, we are, suicide is, is, is something that should not even be contemplated. Because we, in our evolutionary journey, so we come to this life in order to learn lessons. And we come to stay a certain time. And some people, you know, some babies die two days after they're born a week. Uh, others 100 years, 120 years as there are cases. So each one of us, we have to, to, to live our, a lot of time. And uh, we need to go through all this because this is how we learn, how we grow. And, and uh, there's a lot of learning and suffering, for instance, in going through adversities because we're learning. We're learning we, we can learn to be creative. We can learn to be faithful. We can learn to be patient. So we, uh, suicide should not even be contemplated, as I said. Yeah. Because it, you know, it hurts. Uh, it's going to hurt us or whoever does it, because that person will survive physical, physical uh, death, as they say. But there's a lot of hurt that is left, uh, you know, in the loved ones and uh, all those, uh, uh, you know, regrets or those things that is we, that that's something that should be completely avoided. And just be fair. All our problems that we have, everybody has. Nobody's privileged will go away. It's, it just lasts a certain time. And there's a lot of uh, professional help there, psychologists, psychiatrists, that can help us go through those periods that we think that is never ending, but we will end for sure. Well, certainly good advice. Uh, one of the problems with our approach is <laughs> people say, well, why can't I just commit suicide and pop up in a better world where I already am? And, uh, you know, my subconscious, that's the way we kind of look at the parallel world thing. But I, I, you know, I, we're very adamant that it doesn't work that way. Because uh, no, I've run yeah. into suicides who are in worlds of utter aloneness, you know, and, and you, get, you right. get what you wish for. You know, uh, it's the greatest act of selfishness, I think, in, in my opinion. And so you're utterly yeah. alone, you know, it, it, at yeah. best. So anyway, whatever the answer is, it's not a good idea. No, okay, um, how often do you have out-of-the-body experiences? Um, it used to be quite often, like three, four, five times a week, and, and now it's uh, because of, probably because I'm sleeping. I'm, I'm, I don't know if my sleep is heavier now. I don't know this. I don't, I'm not conscious. So, but I, I, I am conscious of out of body experiences probably like about one time now, about a time once a week or once every two weeks. It's a, it's a little bit uh, less than um, uh, before. But because now I'm lazier, because it, in order to increase your consciousness, 
you need to do some uh, work before you go to bed and all that. And uh, I'm, I'm, I got a little bit lazy in that aspect. But it's still happening about once or every two weeks, sometimes two times a week. But those are all, in all, wonderful experiences. But uh, for me, it doesn't matter which side of life I live. I am familiar with both of them. And, uh, you know, it's just a sequence. It's, uh, you know, when we die, if this physical body dies, we'll continue living. So there's no, we're not going to become saints. We're not going to become um, any smarter than we are now. Uh, we're just us in our uh, road of evolution, of getting better and progressing. So you think evolution will eventually lead to just spirit? Well, no, no. Evolution will lead us to better humans. Or, or to better people. That, that's what that's that's what's going to happen. Well, one can and, debate uh, we, that we, that has not happened yet. Oh, we see the state of the state of Earth. <laughs> well, it's, we are much better now. Scandinavia is much better, much more humane now than when the Vikings were there. Well, until somebody so, drops the bomb, anyway. That's right. But we still I mean, this, see this pockets. Good and bad. We, yeah, we see. We still see pockets of ignorance in any parts of the world. And that is a sign that those people incarnated in those bodies, those spirits incarnated on those bodies are still behind. They're still lagging in, in their evolution, you know, in their, in their uh, potential, evolutionary potential, and they're still causing pain and destruction in the world. And, uh, but eventually, with the cycle of reincarnation, they'll get better. And the idea is for us to have a much better, happier life on Earth than we have today. Well, is it practical? I mean, the thing is, is has human nature really changed that much since the time of the Vikings? Is human nature a product of evolution, or, um, well, what say you? Yeah, I think so. I see, for instance, the, the, because uh, uh, what happens is there is a betterment. I see, for instance, all in my generation, my, my cousins, and uh, the way we lived, and uh, you know, we 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 had less knowledge. We uh, we had less. Uh, we, uh, the world that we lived in was much less developed in that area. And we see now our children, for instance, uh, our children. They're smarter than we are now. So there is something there, and you see in other parts of the world as well. You know, it's it's the the it's very visible. The parts of the world, not all of them, even Africa, is much better than it was before. It and is? that is how so? <laughs> well, we, you see, an intellectual level is one of them. For instance, uh, today, uh, Scandinavia, for instance, has the highest level of literacy in the world, has the, the lowest level of uh, corruption or, or uh, government corruption in the world. And then when, when you go down the, the, the countries that the literacy is less, is like 50%, for instance, that is associated with corruption and uh, crime rate and all that. Those things are associated uh, or in those pockets of ignorance. Where Whenever there's pockets of ignorance, there's more violence, for instance. Well, and when there's true. more... I, I don't suppose, know if it's quite yeah, right. but it's I mean, if, if you know a lot, you mean you could still be a terrible person. I mean, most you of the inventions we have today are from the Nazis. That's right. That's right. It doesn't, one thing, for instance, the idea is to develop both ways, morally 
intellectually and spiritually. So well, that exactly, you are yes. so that that is the thing. That is what we are aiming for. But, so, but knowledge is different than intelligence. That's right. The knowledge is uh, intelligence is like the capacity that you have to acquire store knowledge. Uh, for instance, is that capacity that, that that one has, and the knowledge is whatever you learn, you know, by practical means, by experiencing things, or by learning from third parties, you know, from books, from education, from living, all of that. So, and that happens. Uh, 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 I, to me, it's very easy to see that the world today, although it's not perfect, obviously, I have a problem, has evolved. Well, I only have a few more minutes, and I don't know whether what to ask first. I've another um, OBE question, out of the body experience. But uh, I don't. Know, we only have three more minutes. So let me just ask very quickly. Uh, I know some people who have uh, OBEs um, uh, spontaneously. They don't mean to, and and they they're afraid of them. Uh, and you say all yeah. yours are pleasant. How, just very quickly, how would you explain someone being afraid of, a, of an out of the body experience? But, but probably they're afraid because they don't understand well. And, uh, but they should because that's the way that you ascertain for yourself that you are an immortal being, that you have this life. We see, like, for instance, Keith O'Hare, who you knew, Ingo Swan, that they had, uh, you know, that capability, probably, uh, Harari even more than that. And uh, he used that for very important purposes. I think one of them during the, you know, being part of the experience, being part of the, uh, uh, the program that, um, what is it called? The CIA had. The, the Stargate, the Stargate, Stargate, yeah, program, Stargate, yeah. Stargate program, for instance. So it's just a matter of learning and understanding what's going on and learning from it because you learn a lot when you're out of your body, especially that you are an immortal being. Okay. I'm afraid we're out of time. Uh, we will need some immortality to continue, but Admir, a very, very interesting and delightful Indeed. conversation, and uh, we didn't agree on much, but hey, that's what it's about, respectful discussion. Indeed. So That's right. But, but I, I, uh, from what I, I could uh, uh, glean, you are survivalist. Uh, you know, you you do believe in the immortality of the human being. Well, <laughs> in, in a different way, but I think yes, that's yeah. it. So, yeah, so we'll continue good. our discussion off the air and probably have you back. But uh, thank you very much, Admiral Serrano, AdmiralSerrano dot com, and uh, great show. We'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, thanks for being with us. Right, thank you. Bye. Thank okay. you. My pleasure. Bye. Okay, uh, so I want to remind you, it's coming up the Exeter Kiwanis UFO Festival coming up at Exeter, New Hampshire on Saturday, August 30th. Ben and I will present a program on strange connections, UFOs, cryptids, and ghosts. And again, that's August 30th. Other speakers will include the great Stanton Friedman, Bob Schroeder, both of whom are familiar guests on the show. And we'll offer more information as it develops, and you can check at the www.exeterufofestival.com. You can visit our show website, BehindTheParanormal.com, where you can find over 550 free podcasts of all of our past shows, oh, I almost said all of our past shows, uh, both on ON1240 and uh, our four-and-a-half-year run on CBS Radio, along with special shows and podcasts. Uh, also, check out our show our show site, or actually our other site, at NewEnglandGhosts.com, where there are case studies and photos, along with articles by my dad. And you can find my books, there are several of them, on Barnes & Noble Nook e-reader, Amazon Kindle, Amazon.com, etc., etc. But if you buy them directly at BehindTheParanormal.com, I'll be happy to sign them for you. And you can help us keep all those podcasts free. Also on our sites, you'll find direct links to the charities we've, uh, we've mentioned, especially USA Cares, Canadian Veterans Advocacy, and Youth Mentoring Connection. 
Alrighty, next Monday, June 9th, uh, we will welcome uh, Hollywood producer Denise Dan. Or is that is that Denise? Yeah, Denise. Okay, that's what I thought. Denise David Williams uh, for a look at her work uh, uh, researching the strange life and death of Dr. John Mack and uh, the upcoming movie Dr. Mack. Uh, he was the uh, Harvard professor uh, who researched alien abduction uh, experiences and became convinced that they were true. Okay, well, we leave you this evening with a thought from American author Richard Bach, who was a guest on the show a few weeks ago. Here is the test to find whether your mission on Earth is finished. If you're alive, it isn't. I'm Paul Eno. And I'm Ben Eno, and thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey, and we shall see you next time. Return to this radio frequency 167 hours from now for another edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno.